Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Traders Rahapa podcast. We're here tonight to talk about Traders Canada, episode nine of season one, a.k.a. the penultimate episode. What a ride it was. I'm, of course, your host, the Duke of Deception, Puizan Vakili, ready to break things down with y'all once more. And with me is my co-host, the lovely, the traitorous, but the lovely, Brian David Scally. Brian, how you doing? Oh, hello. Hello. I'm good. I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling cool. I'm feeling collect. I am excited to talk about the episode before the finale of Traders Canada. I cannot believe it. It's gone so fast. Just, just, just a little baby, our Traders Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's been an episode a week. It's been nine weeks, which is a long time, but also it really blink and you miss it. We're going to be at the finale next week. We're going to have a winner crowned or winners crowned. And I'm very excited. And this was a wild episode for us to get to because dare I say, Scally, I know we've had a history of making wrong predictions here on this show. I think very confidently I can tell you what's going to happen next week and who's going to win. Ooh, well, I'm excited to get to that. Maybe we should do that at the end. But I am very excited to see if we can come up with one last correct prediction. Uh, Chances are not good, but we'll see. Last week, one of us said Mickey, right? Who said Mickey is I the traitor? Know who said Mickey? I can't remember what I had for dinner, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> one of us was right. That's all that counts. Yeah. Uh, I'll still give it to you. You can okay. use the win. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? You know who you're talking to? I've won two drafts this year. Oh, all right. We get it. <laughs> you will never forget it. Okay. All right. So. Speaking of victories, uh, we opened the episode with everyone really losing their minds over getting Koozie out. Everyone's giddy. Everyone's on cloud nine. And this is exactly the energy you have to give out, whether you're a traitor or faithful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone was running around, you know, except for Mickey didn't jump up last week. And now everyone is coming into breakfast. Same energy. So excited. The fine, you know, Leroy's talking about how maybe the red team theory is now squashed. So <laughs> lots of things to celebrate. Well, yeah, I should hope that Leroy wants it squashed because Leroy's like, if you keep moving down the list, I'm all, I'm one of two people. So stop it. Yep. Yeah. Him and Gurleen, the lone survivors from that famous red team. Hey, hey, listen, it was a tough road for them. The the red team got whittled down, but here they are standing tall and victorious amongst a sea of deceased, banished and murdered red team. Yeah, that red team, you know, uh, we're ending up with almost even numbers going into the end. So I guess it wasn't a total death sentence, but the talk of the town has been about that red team for weeks and weeks. So glad that we finally moved on. We've moved on. They got their payoff. Koozie, unfortunately, is now gone. And of course, I want to say at the top of this, if you're watching this live, if you have any questions in the chat, feel free to drop them in. We will answer them at the end of the podcast as we recap the rest of this episode. Now, we knew this was coming because of the preview, but we must follow through the motions. Mike goes to Trader's Tower and Kareen comes in and says, Mike, oof. (laughs) And then says, you have to blackmail someone tonight. And uh, the person you offer the the blackmail to will either accept it and become a traitor with you or die one or the other. And now Mike starts going through his ideas of who he thinks he can he can put up. He does discuss amongst himself because he is alone now that he could definitely frame Donna. So picking Donna could be a shout. And then he says he could pawn Mike, uh, sorry, Mickey off by doing this, throw him in, throw him out. And then he said he has a lot of dirt on Trevon, but can he use that dirt? Ultimately, do you think he made the right choice in Mickey before we got to see the roundtable and everything else? Yeah, I did think so. I mean, it was really between Trevon and Mickey. I think you could have gone probably either way, uh, but they just seemed a little more uh, frantic than basically anyone else. They were, uh, you know, potential male civilian traders taking that box off in terms of the metagame. So I, I like the Mickey pick. I think it was an interesting. I did say last week, I think that he should go with a with a man here because of the last two traders being women. They're going to be looking at a man potentially, and that's the way to go. And then I think of the options left, I think he did pick the right one that would not throw him under the bus. I feel like if he had taken Travon, obviously he doesn't know where Travon's going to go, but he, you know, Travon's going to have his name in his mouth. So Mickey was ultimately the more innocent pick here for him. Yeah, and that's the thing is they talked about how Mickey's suggestible. Mickey is a little easy to manipulate, maybe. And so I think for Mike, it was like, all right, well, I can convince Mickey for at least a week that I'm on his side. Whereas Travon, even if I recruit him, I don't know that he is going to work with me and stop throwing my name out. He'll probably just still be business as usual. Exactly. So now Mickey gets the envelope with the invite to become a traitor. And my God, could he have picked any person who would have wanted this role less than Mickey? You're at the final six and you are essentially handed an invite into the end game. Guaranteed to win some money, potentially, if you use the tool right. Why are you so hesitant to become a traitor? Yeah. I wonder if you question for tomorrow, 
Mickey, if you could do it over again, would you say no <laughs> and just leave the game at that moment? Or are you happy with your decision to have become a traitor, even though it, it resulted in yourself going home? Because I'm not sure I know the answer right now. It feels like Mickey really was anti-traitor uh, as a role, came in here not wanting it. Now, I remember we talked about how Basically, every single person came into the game asking to be a traitor. I'm also curious if Mickey came in with that mindset or his, uh, he changed his tune as the season went on. He saw how difficult it might be. But yeah, please, if Mickey had said no, and then they arbitrarily have to go down to five, uh, can you imagine how mad production would be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, later when breakfast happened and before Gurleen and they found out Gurleen and Trayvon were taken for the challenge, Mickey did think oh maybe i was the third one to get invited do you think they would have kept going down on the list until someone said yes because i don't think that's how that would have played i mean i think they kind of have to because let's say mike gets voted out this episode then i i mean look like we said could they continue to do a finale with no traders sure but will they ever no so i think they would rather have fewer people there and try to work around it and oh a part of the challenge like you can win that no one gets banished like, i don't know something <laughs> like something i don't know um but i just think that they were always going into the finale or in the penultimate episode with at least two traders Listen, all I'm saying is if this had happened here and Mickey had said no, I think they go through with the banishment tonight. And then next week we just get a they'll probably edit the challenge longer and then we get the the what were they called? The fire of truth? What was the phrasing? Sure. Yeah, that the end game, basically. Uh or or if they if Mickey said no and then noped out and then they voted out Mike. Listen, just give me a nice big reunion next week. We would have been fine with that. And they would have known. They would have known to do that because then it's like, okay, well, damn, we don't have a final episode. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I think it's possible, but I just think it was never to go in that direction. It would be really funny if like Mickey says no and the producers are like, Mickey, you're like, I swear to God, you better say this right now. <laughs> like, you know, throw in a little money, whatever you got to do. You got to get him to say yes right there. I just can't imagine a world where Mickey was going to say no. I think if Mickey had no consequence and he wouldn't have died, he would have just said no. But once it's like you're out of the game, I don't think he says no. There's no world. Yeah. That's why it's a blackmail and not a recruitment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I really wonder if you had done this like early in the game, if there's any player that says no, potentially uh, like in the world. But it's just it's an impossible. It's not a choice. It is. You are going to become a traitor like it or not. You have no option. Right. Well, I did love Mickey walks in and Mike has the hood on and down and he's facing down and Mickey walks. He's like, Leroy, (laughs) (laughs) sir. It is not Leroy. (laughs) We all know it. Me, you, Leroy. Come on. Take that hood off, Leroy. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny because then at breakfast, Mickey's given a confession. He's like, you know, I was suspicious of Leroy, but I guess he's just a genuine guy. Like, I too feel sucks better people who are genuinely nice to me. So, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I've had my thoughts about you for, for years at this point. I'm not that nice. If people are too nice, like, what are you hiding? <laughs> Even outside Who's too of too nice? Name an example that all of us would know. Name names. Hmm. I don't know. They're not in my life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, 
You heard it here first. Don't be nice to Scally. Apparently, sure. you don't like that. Okay. So, did anything at breakfast really stick out to you, Scally? That was worth mentioning Ooh. on your end. Um, I did think it was interesting that there is this big discussion of Donna being a possible good recruit for the traders, being that she is some uh, chaotic energy that could get mixed up and be an easy vote out at the end. So I like the thinking if there wasn't a uh, meta gaming about it, I think that Donna could have been a great choice. And so I like that Leroy was picking up on. Yeah, I feel like ultimately Donna would have been a good choice. But again, when Donna has been as vocal as she has been to be like, I'm willing to get banished as a faithful. I don't care anymore. I feel like when you're so willing to be banished, I don't think it's you at all. In a game this high stakes for money, I don't think it's you. But like if you're willing to be banished, like you lose either way, whether you were a faithful or a traitor like it's the ultimate bluff <laughs> because she loses the money it's not as if she like okay i can get banished and i'll still win the money if the faithfuls win like no no you still lose you lose no matter what so uh it is just a like a, a very confusing situation to have to navigate around and i almost feel like i would stop reading into donna as a whole and just be like all right she's untrustworthy and i can't count her in like my plans at all because i can't predict what she's going to do but then I'd have to think that Donna's playing for for D chess, and I just don't think she is. Um, so Never that's know. where I would not be sure about it. Potentially, what's most interesting here, Scally, in the case of, and let me open get the graphic ready for us here. In the case of Mickey, Mickey goes from getting blackmailed to becoming a traitor to then getting banished in the same episode, and I think Mickey has no one to blame but himself. It seems like at final six, people still felt like Mickey was being cagey and not responding. And it finally came back to haunt him. The only difference is that Mike genuinely picked the right time to pick him to be a traitor for them to be right. Because I feel like Mickey might have been going here anyway. Well, Mickey says that I wonder if Mickey plays this differently if he had remained a faithful or if he continues to play the same because he was so focused on staying steady and not giving away that he was a traitor that when people are begging him like Mickey, please help us do anything. We don't want to vote you out. Please just like, you know, be a little tiny, tiny bit involved. Just tell us what you're thinking. Mickey's still playing super cagey because that's what he's been doing all game. And so he thinks he'll be suspicious if he mixes it up. But in reality, as Mike says, most of these players have been the quieter players throughout the game, and that's why they got here, because generally that's going to be the best strategy on the traders. And mm -hmm. then they wake up right at the end, and that's what they're all doing, and it's what Mickey was failing to do. And if he had not been a trader, would he have been less cautious? Maybe yeah. that people would have believed him. Also, to add to the addendum, perhaps don't then, when pushed to give a name, give the name of the person who's pushing you to give a name back to them. Of all people, had Mickey literally recognized that Leroy and Gurleen are close and just said any other name to Leroy. I think there's a world where Leroy might ride with him. All Leroy was looking for was a little bit more information and Mickey was not willing to part ways with any of it. Yeah, especially because he's saying over and over, like, the person that I trust here the most is Leroy. And, like, that's what makes me suspicious of him. But, like, okay, fine, but do whatever you do, got to do to get to the end. Like, you can try to secretly take out, you know, one of his numbers. That sounds great. But don't openly to his fa face say, I am targeting you uh, when you have 
no other numbers to back you up. Yeah, but then it did seem for a little bit there that the tides could be could shift on Leroy here potentially because Donna also had said that Leroy was number one on her list, followed by Mike being second. So at this point, there were two people that were potentially looking at Leroy. Gurleen and Leroy, we knew, are not going to vote each other, so they're not doing that. And then it really came down to what is Trevon thinking? And Scally, throughout this episode, we see something that I think will end up sparking a bit of a conversation moving forward in Trevon thinks it's Mike, but because of Koozie's vote out. So last week, when Koozie votes Mike on the chalkboard, she put three exclamation points. And Trevon, whether correctly or incorrectly, thinks that this points to Mike as the traitor. What do you think of this theory being a thing? Do you think this is something that Koozie would have done? I mean, we still haven't talked to Koozie, and we might do um, in this upcoming week, so stay tuned. But do you think that Trevon was onto something, or do you think Trevon was just luckily finding the right answer by doing the wrong work? Um, I think he might have been on to something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think Koozie loves when people say her name in general, especially when it's openly a betrayal that she knows about. So uh, I think that it was probably a good read. And even if it is not intentional, I, I think that there probably is some emotion behind like, oh, wow, like I am getting screwed over by my like secret closest ally. And I did not see this coming. And so like I am very frustrated because I don't think Kuzi has put, uh, you know, so many exclamation points behind many other people's, you know, banishments when mm -hmm. she has been in arguments with one or two other people at this table for sure before voting before. What do you think then about Donna saying, hmm, I feel like Koozie wrote Mike because she's working with Leroy and she was trying to help Leroy by throwing Mike's name out. I mean, also a potential, but I think that generally the person going out of the game is not like as much as it would be nice to. They're not often thinking about like, how do I set up my ally better for better future success in the game? Uh, so even if she and Leroy were the traitors who were co-conspiring all season, like. Kuzi is concerned that she is going home this week and, mm -hmm. you know, she's probably uh, like mourning her game and not thinking too much about how can I set up Leroy, who she may or may not be close with. I think there's a world where if I am the traitor and my traitor ally has been working closely with me and not been being shady or planting seeds or anything, I could see a world that I would try and help them out on the way out if I really feel like that allegiance. But if I don't feel that allegiance, I'm not doing the most for nobody. This is my moment to shine. I'm getting banished. I'm making it about me, not about you, about me. It's my story. Yeah. And I think that Koozie is someone who is capable of gameplay like that, who is like a pretty good strategist and game player. But I think that the average player probably not <laughs> like they're probably getting pretty frustrated and pretty uh emotional at their own vote out like, i know i would like i would be frustrated and look i would love to set you up for better future success but like i am mad right now and i am going to write three exclamation points because i'm pissed that that person threw my name out and that's what it mostly is going to come down to so whether it be an intentional setup or like i am annoyed either one possible so then what did you think about the fact that Donna theorized, listen, I think there could have been four people at the start of the game that were traitors. Now, in the English-speaking traitors franchises, we've only seen this once, and it was Australian Traitors Season 1, 
where we saw the game start with four traders. I feel like this is why the traders is fascinating because if Donna's in a power position and has allies, this is something that could help Mike. Where now it's like, oh, there could be three traders left now. That ooh, that's wild. So this could have been fun if anyone else but Donna had said it. But ultimately, because Donna says that, I don't think it goes anywhere. Yeah, I think most people are thinking probably like if they even know about traders, Australia and the mechanics of it, like, oh, there were 24 players instead of 20 or 18 or however many are on other seasons. And then also, I mean, for the point that we're at in the game right now, if we had started with four traders versus we started with three and one person was recruited, does that really change how we're going to play today all that much? Like there's still two here today. Sure. We can evaluate like who's likely to be recruited, who's not, but in general, like there's two here right now. We know that much and we got to operate based off of that. Yeah, exactly. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of operating on stuff uh, that way, let's operate on the challenge. And by that, I mean, let's make it quick. So the challenge this week, well, first we see four people come down to breakfast. Trevon and Gurley nowhere to be seen. Ends up being that they've been kidnapped. And in order to get them back, you have to do this challenge where they're going to Morse code you a clue about a portrait. And then you got to pick the right portrait. Then you got to shoot the trebuchet with a key. And then they got to use that key to open the thing and get that money. Um, this did not hold my attention. I'm not going to lie to you. So I thought that the fort was a really great backdrop for a challenge. Um, so that was fun. I thought that the actual game of it was I was thinking about like which position I would want to be in and I would want to be in uh, was it Gurleen and Travon's position because I really like code names and that's a fun game and so if I can try to strategize and give the one word clue that seems very exciting um, but in terms of a television product it was falling flat especially because like I couldn't see what the 13 portraits were like I don't know what clues to give or not give or how accurate they are so I was kind of just waiting until they flung a key over the wall with the catapult and that was the most exciting part 
Yeah, I think that this was fun. I do not recall a Morse code challenge on any other show. To my yeah, knowledge. Yeah, no. The closest I can think of is was it was on Traders, right? Where they had that like prison challenge where there was like they had three different rooms and they were communicating with each other. I don't remember. Um, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But also I'm pretty sure like the mole, the Netflix mole had a prison challenge of sorts. I'm like, am I mixing the two? But then also I think New Zealand had a um a we've kidnapped two people. You need to do these things yes. to get them back. So we've seen different iterations of this, but I think the Morse code element was a new one here introduced to Traders Canada. So I'll give them their their pluses for pioneering. Sure. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, Scally, and it's going to bug me, but it's fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, they explored uh, and created something semi-new, at least. Uh, you know, took elements from Take other versions. Yeah, and so I'm happy for that. At least it was different. Exactly, exactly. Paving their own way. So they end up putting $11,000 here. So yay money. More money has been added to the pot. I do think it's funny, though, that the sign, the wanted signs had 15000 on them and they couldn't get 15000 for each. I was like, well, why is this say 15000 <laughs> That's a really good point. Mm, yeah, maybe it should just <laughs> been 1000 each. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, you're returning all of the like, you know, wanted $1,000 reward, which I mean, pretty cheap. Uh, but <laughs> if I have to go like find something, I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you get one for each of them that you are successfully still able to turn it. Yeah. So they get 11,000. Good for them. Everything's good. Uh, but on the way to the challenge, we see them divided into two cars of two. So we had Mike and Leroy in a vehicle, we had Mickey and Donna in the other car. And again, I feel like Scally more and more. I think these producers are picking the cars, man, because this is the perfect car for Mike to be in. He's fully able to, to, you know, work on the marination of Leroy. And I think this is good for him. Uh, Leroy is obviously throwing out Donna's name and then they shared throw out Mickey's name. So this is good for him. And Mickey is not going to get anything started with Donna in that other car. Yeah, nothing was going to, you know, there was no traction. It was interesting that Mike and Mickey were split up on both the car rides there and back. So I don't know if that was producer drawn, because if this is producer drawn, I think you can read into this a ton um, in, you know, uh, over the course of a season. If it is not, I think that you can still probably see who is jockeying to get into which mm -hmm. car and uh, look at that. But um, I think probably doing producer selected is actually maybe uh, like too much intervention but who knows whatever either way I, yeah that's but that's definitely true um and it could very much be just random chance and and just again mike getting a really good draw here with the cars that he ends up in uh so they get all their keys done we come back from the challenge and trevon then this is where he starts throwing out the mike exclamation point thing and Donna brings up the whole, well, you know, maybe this was a frame job on Mike from Leroy and not really the fact that Mike is bad. So these two, they're on opposite pages here. They're not together on this one. Yeah, not ideal, not ideal. <laughs> you know, I think that at a certain point, uh, whether it be this week or even maybe next week, there are a lot of 
solo players in this house. And I think that most people should be able to identify you know, one power couple in particular in Leroy and Gurleen. And I think especially if there is suspicion on Leroy, the fact that people were not able to start getting their stuff together uh, was very worrying for their chances in the game, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to, you know, part of me feels like if you're going into the final five, and there's a duo pair there. Even if you think both are good, vote one of them out. Just yep. split them up. That's too much voting power in one corner. Unless you're going to get the three solos together and make your own final three, then you outnumber them. But if I'm not part of a part of a big duo, I'm I'm getting rid of a duo here for sure. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing, and I think that it's hard because <laughs> I almost wonder, and I do think that like. It is probably exaggerated on the show and yeah, like we have no idea like how good or chaotic of game players these people actually are in real life. But it seems that the traders prioritized killing good trader hunters for murders at night and not killing and keeping around people who, while they might not be the most suspicious to get voted out, they were maybe like a little more suggestible and easy to lead in the right direction. The problem is then you're left with a bunch of people who like, you know, you're herding cats at the end when you need to get these votes together. And now there's three or four people who are just running in four different directions and you're desperately holding on to ropes and getting pulled apart because none of them can like, you know, have a conversation without changing their mind. And you can't speak too much because if you come off like a, uh, you're attacking a defenseless receiver, you might just get voted out because you're saying the most, which Part of me did feel like Mike was saying the most. So I did for a minute there. I thought Mike, I think Mike's talking himself out of the game, which ultimately he survives by a very small margin, but he does. Okay. So then now we, we see Trevon talk a little bit more expanding on the whole reason why he thinks Mike is bad. Aside from the fact that Kuzi voted Mike, Trevon also said, part of me felt like it was two traders fighting to which one of them is going to win to stay at this point. And I feel like Mike ends up winning. I think it is very, very smart play as a faithful to the minute you get a confirmation hit that, oh, this person was a traitor, reevaluate the entire night. Reevaluate what the traitor was saying upon getting voted out. Reevaluate their vote. Reevaluate who they were like clearing, who they were trying to work. All of that, because I think there's so much more information to decipher whether or not they were trying to put information out there for you. Yeah, I do think there's a lot. I'm very curious, especially because Mike and Koozie are people whose names have come up before and we've seen people really pitching to vote them. So I would be curious if you could read into like, how did they react at this roundtable? Was the energy very different when they were being called out by, you know, each other versus when they were being called out by other people before? Uh, did they look like they were more betrayed? Did they look like they were more, you know, frantic? So I think that there is a lot of behavior that could be read into here. And also, like, uh, you know, were they trying to shift names less and really focus in on that one person more than usual? Like, there are many different things that could be read into here. I feel like the biggest one for me, and obviously we get to watch the entire show. So I have way more knowledge than someone at that table might. But the biggest one for me is the two times a trader has gone out. Mike is the one who opens the ceremony and Mike is the one who's doing the hard push on him. So for me, for me, that would be a big tell. And maybe they know, maybe some of them have an idea. So it's possible. That's very interesting. Yeah, I no, especially because Mike, uh, it was it both times, you know, we thought maybe with Mel, he had said, 
hey, like, do you want me to set you up, throw you a softball? And she was like, no, very much. That's not what happened. And uh, he asked Kuzi. She said, no, I do not want you to do that. And he has taken the initiative and gone hard at both of them. Yeah, Mike was like, mm, it's better. Trust me, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do you a solid and then pushed her right out the door. <laughs> OK, so one last conversation I want to talk about before we get into the roundtable. And this was Mike Gerline and Leroy having a bit of a powwow, having a, having a sesh here. And Gerline and Leroy are talking, uh, sorry, Mike was talking about how, okay, so it sounds like Mickey, because when Leroy confronted Mickey earlier and said, listen, I just need you to share, just say a name for me, just do something. And Mickey's like, okay, well, you tell me why I shouldn't say you. I was like, Mickey, <laughs> please. I'm wondering if that conversation was Leroy initially pitching like, Mickey, me and Gurleen will go to the final three with you. Like we will go ahead and, you know, combine our three votes here. And he says no. So then Mike says yes. And that's how Mike ends up, you know, winning the battle over Mickey is uh, because, you know, Mickey thought that maybe people said no to being a traitor. And so he was the third option. But maybe he was the one who said no to this final three. Mike being the second option was the one who gets it. Yeah. And so when we see the three of them later in Mike, Gerline and Leroy, Mike is saying, so Mickey's going to vote you. Trevon's going to vote me. That means if the three of us vote wherever we want Mickey, if we vote Mickey, we have the votes. Mickey will go and then we have control of the game. And we do see Gerline and Leroy talk about this alone without Mike. And they say, well, what if there's a tie? What happens at a tie? Should we just put our votes on Mike, pile them on and get Mike out, which they would have. They would have been able to, by a vote of four to one to one, get rid of Mike if they so chose. They ended up not doing that. And I do agree with you. I think that they made the conscious decision to go with this three and make this three a thing. And we'll talk about it after this roundtable. But I think that's going to tell a lot for what's going to ha- what's to happen next week. 100%. And I think that this was because, as you said, like, Gurleen, I really liked the instinct to talk to Leroy about, like, is this the night to take out Mike instead? Like, we hold all the power because everyone is talking about, um, you know, using R2 votes as a block, which, you know, should be threatening because that block still exists at the end. But instead, they're trying to pull them on side for the final six. And she realizes they have all the power. I think that leaving Mike and Trevon in the game at the final five is really valuable for them in. I don't see them working very easily together. Whereas I think Mickey could probably slide in with any random group and be just fine. Easily, easily. Once Mickey, like if Mickey is found innocent by any means and, and the biggest means being if they voted out, say a Mike here, I think anyone would work with Mickey and I think you can't really rely on Mickey to, to ride with you. Whereas Mike has kind of made his bed with a lot of people and doesn't have many places to turn at this point. Yeah, exactly. So Leroy opens up the round table ceremony. He throws out Mickey's name and says, there's no true answer to who you think the traders are. You don't name names. And then Mickey names Leroy right then and there. And he says, so I think it's you but I don't want to vote you because I want to run the challenge with you tomorrow. And I thought, all right, Mickey, that almost sounds like you're saying don't vote out someone, keep them for the challenge, meaning it could be you. So I feel like that was not a good defense. But I, again, I don't think Mickey was actively making a defense here. I don't. I don't, I don't think so either, but it wasn't really 
I don't know. It's tough because, <laughs> you know, uh, Mickey was like begging Leroy to give him another name to vote for. But when Leroy is basically doing the same, Mickey doesn't give an answer. <laughs> That's a problem. You know, he doesn't push it on to anyone else. He's just like, oh, but the challenge it's like, well, that's not really enough reason for me at this point. You know, we have 85% plus of the pot pool of the prize pool already won. So uh, I don't think I need you for the remaining 15%, Mickey. My candidate for one step forward, two steps back of the season is the next person I'm about to talk about. And that's Trevon, who has nailed the mic read, nailed it hard, but then says, I don't think Donna or Mickey would be blackmailed. I really don't. And then confessional says, I don't think I would be either. And he then brings up Gerline and Leroy's name, which again, exhibit B of keeping Trevon in now is perfect for a lot of people because he has the misread on that. And um, this is where Mike, uh, Mike is na- Mike's name gets brought up again. And then Mike says, listen, I can go around this table and point at everybody and say why I think you could have been blackmailed or you committed a traitor. And initially, I thought this was good from Mike until he wouldn't stop talking and he wouldn't end sentences. And at that point, I really thought he was talking himself into a corner scally. Yeah, I just don't think that telling every person in the room the reason why you might distrust them is a good thing in almost any scenario. Feels like a couple of people that have gone home have done stuff like this. Uh, Big one being Kevin, uh, where he Mm -hmm. is just saying to people that he really needs their votes, you know, whether it be this week or next week. Here's why I might distrust you, whether it be this week or in the future. And now Mike is saying to the people whose votes he is going to need either tonight or tomorrow, here's the reasons why I might distrust you. And I don't think that that is going to instill confidence uh, in going to a final two or three. No. And I think there's no good way to play it because then if he omits two names, then that could uh, hint to people that, Oh, these three are together. Like, you don't, it's too much. You're doing too much at the end here. I feel like there's benefit to just playing a little bit of chicken and only speaking when your name is called out or when the name of the person you're sus of or you're trying to vote comes out. So you can just pile onto that and just not give much more. I think the big problem for Mickey is he's coming here and he hasn't offered enough to ride on in the round table, whereas everyone else has. And I know that Mike brings up, you know, well, outside of you, Travon, the rest of us have been very quiet. I was like, Mike, I don't think you qualify as one of the quiet people at this point. You've been very loud in these roundtables in the last like month. Yeah, but I mean, how what percentage of the roundtable was he actually loud at? And then also, you know, he said tried to claim like I was the one on Mel A. And Kevin says, no, you jumped on it at the last minute and tried to make it look like you were the one who was saying so uh, or Mel B. Sorry. Um, and so I think that Mike is maybe if not in volume in terms of actively throwing allegations out (laughs) against other people Mm -hmm. uh, or accusations. So I think that um, maybe that's what he meant by quiet. Cause I can see either honestly being the case for the five that he was uh, including. I feel like in the beginning he was definitely very quiet so much so that that's when Kevin was like, I feel like you're a lot more keen in the, in tic-tac-toe and not here at this game. And I feel like you would geek out with this game with me. So yeah. Maybe they're just like that. Ah, There's just Mike geeking out. So who knows? Now we see um, a couple other names come up again. It's six people. Everyone's name is coming up here, left, right and center. But I want to go back to, to our guy, Mickey here, who starts speaking up 
because they're bringing up the whole Mickey could be a traitor. Um, and Mickey says, listen, if I was the traitor, I would pick someone if I'm, I'm picking someone to blackmail. I wouldn't pick someone who is swayable. And I feel like I am very swayable. So if I was blackmailing, I wouldn't blackmail myself. And I'm not a traitor. Or did he say I'm not? I wasn't blackmailed. So he said he I was said not I was blackmailed, blackmailed, which I was which, like, mm. <laughs> just <be> traitor. <laughs> just say both. Just say both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of his argument? Do you think that that is valid? That you would not want to recruit someone swayable, or that's the exact type of player that you would generally want to go after? I I would pick. You would pick someone who is swayable one hundred percent because. If you pick someone who isn't swayable to you specifically, then they'll just get you out or they'll push for you and you can't change their mind on it. Whereas you want someone who you can be like, yeah, that Leroy, right? And they're like, yeah, that Leroy. And then you're the only vote on Leroy because you were swayed to do so. Yeah. Like, okay. The the benefits of recruiting someone who is swayable is that they know to resist being swayed onto you now moving Mm -hmm. forward (laughs) like uh, if people are suggesting mike's name before mickey is recruited he's pretty likely by his own argument to be like yeah that works for me i could do that but as soon as he knows that mike is quote-unquote on his team he's a lot less likely to go with the flow and be swayed into voting mike out so if anything picking up swayable players you are getting them to do your bidding more easily and putting up a defense line against them having doing someone else's bidding. So it's bad on two fronts. I think the argument. All right. We're going to do a little role play exercise. Scally. You are Mickey. Okay. Okay. And Mike at the round table says, you know, Mickey, I can't really read you. If you're a trader, you would go down in history as one of the best traders, but I haven't noticed any change, but you also don't really speak. So you could be the trader. Now I've Mike has said all this to you. Do you at that point still believe that Mike is with you or do you think, nah, this man is turning on me. I should write his name down. Mm, It's tough. I think at the point Mickey was at, he should have probably noticed. I think that uh, Mike was maybe trying to disguise it by talking Mm. about why he might distrust everyone, but seemed to be most openly targeting Mickey. And so I think at the point where you're throwing all those accusations at me. If I am in Mickey's position, but myself, then I am going to recognize that and adapt from that point. But if I am Mickey, I might just go with the flow and trust Mike that he's uh, doing the right thing. It's so funny to me that we could have been in a world where we had a two, two, two or a three, three here by just switching one vote away. If Mike had voted Leroy two, 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 if Mickey had voted Mike 3-3, and that would have just been so much fun because I'd finally find out what would happen in the event of a tie. But that was not this week's galley because the votes were 3-2-1, Mickey on an island voting for not Mr. September, not John Cena, not Channing Tatum, but Leroy. And then Trevon and Donna vote for Mike, Gurleen, Mike, and Leroy vote for Mickey. A great vote. Very fun. Uh, I think that it was 
interesting to see, like we uh, talked about, who were the three votes that couldn't, or the votes that couldn't get on board with each other are Mickey, Trevon, and Donna. Had they just spoke this out as, you know, well, faithfuls and recently recruited trader, maybe they could have made something happen. But, uh, you know, Trevon and Donna now going into the finals, seeming like maybe they're not the most organized of players uh, in terms of mounting a counter alliance. So I think that might have been exemplified here. Absolutely. I do think that really fully magnifies the issue they're going to have moving forward. Mickey gets voted out. He gets up. He, you know, says goodbye. And, and, you know, this is probably the toughest part of toughest pill to swallow for anybody. Knowing full well, they can't be like, I was blackmailed. They just have to say I was a traitor and leave. So imagine being Mickey and literally less than 24 hours. You went from faithful to out the door as a traitor. Yeah, I mean, for Mickey, like, just consider it that you were murdered. Like, you were basically murdered at this point. Um, you know, he, he he wasn't allowed to murder, but, like, he did murder you. Um, I think that that is, you know, for all intents and purposes, where we ended up at with Mickey. So, unfortunate for him. I feel bad. And part of me would be like, oh, I was used. I'm bitter. But I still think that being betrayed by a fellow trader that I have been with in for the entire game would be much more... Uh, brutal than the one week in and out for traders listen all i'm saying is for me on my wiki page i'm like i'm the traders color now so like there's only four people on the cast that have that shade of red or whatever the color coding is on the wiki so so if people look back in the history and look into the history books of traders candidacies and wonder like mickey oh that's the guy who was recruited and then booted <laughs> like he has that that there mm. whereas if he didn't have that i think mickey would have ultimately been a forgotten cast member moving forward and i don't mean that in a very malicious way i just mean we didn't see a lot of them i mean the edit kind of did forget about him unfortunately and i don't know if that was do you think that mickey was kind of screwed here in the edit by like okay we really don't know what story to tell because like his game completely you know comes together and apart with this blackmailing and so uh, i think that he like telling the story of mickey as a faithful really doesn't add all that much to the season unfortunately and telling the story of mickey as a traitor like what story it was six hours so um mm-hmm. i don't know if even if Mickey had been a super active player, if he would have had like the most engaging storyline, unfortunately. See, I don't think he would have. I feel like the, uh, the editors, the edit gave us everything they could about Mickey, because in this very episode, I would argue we had, if you combine all the clips from this episode, we had definitely like double what we had gone from Mickey throughout every other episode this season. And four of the confessionals were the same confessional essentially of him saying, I don't want to be a traitor. I'm not good at being traitor. And that was it. That was really all we got. No further explanation as to why he didn't want to be traitor. It was just that. So I feel like ultimately we, everything there was to know about Mickey, I think we got based on what they showed us. I don't think there was much more. And again, I don't, I'm not saying that in a malicious way. I just think that ultimately Mickey got lost in the game while everyone else was, was climbing to the top by trying to play the the simple dummy role which he was trying to do he did it so well that he just basically hid until everyone was looking up and looking at mickey and be like oh you're still here why are you here and it's like uh, i don't know like, okay well you gotta go now it's like oh okay i'll leave <laughs> yeah i think if you were to ask mickey would you rather do 
another season of the traders or another season of the amazing race Canada. I think 10 out of 10 times he's picking the amazing race Canada. I think the personality could be a lot more fun and better suited for the show. And I'm sure that that is why he was subsequently recruited to come onto the traders. Uh, but it just wasn't necessarily his game, unfortunately. Yeah, and find out tomorrow whether or not Mickey would go on Traders Canada or Amazing Race Canada. We'll find out when we talk to him <laughs> tomorrow about all things Traders. Now, before we talk about some of our thoughts for next week's galley, we do see the aftermath of the Mickey vote out where Donna, in a very apologetic tone, goes over to Mike and they're like trying to patch things up. And I think Mike works Donna to perfection here. Donna now thinks Leroy is bad and not Mike. And Leroy feels very good with Mike, very tight with Mike. And I think Mike is now starting to try and flip the votes onto Donna leaving uh, versus Leroy wanting Travon to go, which I think yeah. makes things very interesting. It is very interesting. Uh, I think that Mike does play Donna exceptionally well uh, for getting her on side. And my only problem is feels like wasted work because we are flipping her to our side only to throw her away uh, in the next week is what the setup was. So I'm a little worried that we are going to be discarding of a piece that we could potentially uh, need very desperately come the final three. Uh, and so that seems like maybe Mike is making a game ending mistake. That could be a game ending mistake. I would argue that's his last chance pick though like that's his last case plan that he can break glass in case of emergency and use donna as his duo at a final four but will he because i think he lost the game the minute mickey left the manor at this night Ooh, i think there's a world in which look if mike mike has been great socially this game he's been very good strategically mm -hmm. he's been very you know all of the like above if Mike can convince Trevon that they need to vote out either Leroy or Gurleen, I think he has a chance. But I that agree. is necessary because even if you flip people on Donna at five or Trevon at five and then Donna at four or like vice versa, it doesn't matter. You need to get to the final two. They are not going to stop voting until they vote at a traitor. He's the only traitor left. You need someone there that will take you to the final two. And if Donna is seemingly the only person who will do that left in the game, don't throw her away no matter what, because you're throwing away your game with her. True. I do think, though, I don't know how much he knows this at the moment, because I feel like, again, Donna has been very clearly a bit of a wild card at the beginning and then kind of a faithful confirm, but you still can't tell where she's going. She's, she voted him tonight after being very vocal that Leroy is who she was looking at potentially. So he can't quite feel like he can trust her completely. And I feel like the all the love with Travon's lost anyway. Sure. Um, it would be a lot of leaning on those two, whereas I feel like right now Mike is just zoned in on let me get to the finals. Let me get to the... Yeah final three and this road with Gurleen and Lira guarantees me the final three and I think potentially what he should realize is Donna's saying Leroy if Trevon leaves Donna will still say Leroy and I will vote with her and vote Leroy because I think if it ends up splitting between Donna let's say Mike and Gurleen at final three 
I like his odds better there than if the final three is Leroy, Gerlina, and Mike, because, and I said earlier, I think we know what the finale is going to be. I, at this point, feel pretty confidently that it's going to be Leroy and Gerlina winning the whole thing. Yes, I would agree. And I think that that should be fairly evident in person as well. As much as we've seen on the show, it seems like Leroy and Gerlina are known to be a duo. People uh, openly associate them with each other. Mm-hmm. So I really do like sure if you take Donna to four you could tie the vote against like voting against Leroy or voting against Gurleen but Donna's way more likely to flip on Mike because of a tie vote and scared that like the tie is going to go somewhere than Leroy mm-hmm. and Gurleen are likely to tie on each other so it's like this final five vote is game breaking for Mike like he you know makes or ends like there is no in between he needs to get either Leroy or Gurleen out at this final five vote and if he does not the game's as good as over well to stand a chance. And even then, I feel like if he takes one of them out at five, I still think he's going to lose because especially if they're doing it with the confirm eject on where they confirm at every fire of truth vote. I'm a faithful. I'm a faithful. They're like, okay, it's got to be Mike. Then let's just boot him. That's why I feel like getting to the end, you have to get to this end with another trader. Like you just have to, unless, unless, unless your social game was so impeccable that you have actively marinated people and you have the person you're there with fully marinated. So for example, if Leroy fully trusts Mike, the problem is Mike, if Mike votes out Gerline, I don't think he keeps Leroy. I think Leroy's like, Mm-mm, that was scumbag. I don't trust you. So it's the key is taking the person who you know the best will work with you no matter what. And we saw this in, I want to go with Australia season one, picking the right person to take to the end. We saw this in US season one, taking the right two people to the end with you, who you know will never turn on you, will turn on other people before they do you. Um, but again, I feel like not getting that confirmed traitor in that finals is what's going to mess it up. Really? Yeah, that's the thing is that like if Leroy was the pick, then you had to murder Gurleen before this because you can't vote her out openly, uh, you know, unless this has happened much earlier. But you need that final tomb partner. It's the same as basically any other strategy game. It's an mm-hmm. onion alliance. You need layers. You need to have people that are thinking that they're in the final two and they're not. So like, cool, we got down to the final five and Leroy and Gurleen think they're in the real final three. But really, I've had a thing with Trevon and Donna the whole time. And that's how I'm getting to the end. And then like, I think that Mike, how he guilted Donna here could potentially guilt Donna again to taking him to final two. Like, I think that's on the Mm -hmm. table and I don't think either side is a guarantee or a even likely win at this point, unfortunately. Uh, But it is absolutely necessary if he wants to win. Yeah, I think we are. And I feel this isn't a bold take in my opinion, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. If Mike wins, if next week Mike gets to the end and Mike is the winner, the sole trader, the money haver, I think he's played one of the best traders games we've seen so far. And if Gerline and Leroy, Gerline and or Leroy or Leroy and or Gerline win, they've played one of the best faithful games we have ever seen where they actively have marinated the trader to get to the end with them and then beat the trader. I think Ooh. that ultimately this cast has been very strong. I feel like we've had, obviously I've had big errors, big flops from them at points, but I think they've been very calculated in what they're doing. 
I'm very curious to see where Gurleen and Leroy truly lie with the Mike thing, whether or not they fully think that Mike is a traitor. Something that Gurleen said in the roundtable really makes me feel like she knows Scally. And that's when she said, hmm, it might be easy to go for the blackmail traitor first because that, you know, the, the, the actual traitor has kind of snowed me the whole time. So I don't really think I'm going to get any closer to knowing that. And I was like, ooh, this is you laying that sauce on thick. This is you saying, you have me. I'm so blind. I don't know who it is. So that when you get to final three, I can be like, it's you. So I think either way you look at it, Scally, no matter which side wins, I think they would have played one of the best games. I need to reevaluate for Mike's game because his name has come up a lot and I want to see exactly how close he has been to getting voted out at any banishment. Um, but I do agree that I am more comfortable putting him towards the very top of the traders. Uh, yeah, that we have I had mean, with go ahead. And well, that's for me, it's it all be, is because of the fact that right now I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the board. I'm like, there's no way I see you winning. Because I think your game is caught by these two. I feel like in order to win, you have to convince these other two players to vote that way with you. Like he's going to have to lean on all social game at the end here. And that's why I think that would make it one of the best, because in my opinion, he has no business winning as of right now. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that that's the way the cards have shaken out for me. That's fair. I mean, it depends on how you look at the game. There are many different ways to play and how to win. And so like, if you are impressed by getting yourself out of very difficult situations, then like very impressive. If you're impressed by uh, never, never allowing yourself to even end up in a difficult situation because you played yourself into such a nice position, then like, I don't know if it's quite there. It's very high mm-hmm. up, but not perfect. Now with yeah. Leroy and Gurleen, I think it's very good games. I need to know how intentional it was. And if there was a known um, if they knew all along it was Mike or it was, you know, they had suspicion on someone else or if this ended up coming together or even if they don't know it's Mike, but they know that like we can get to the final two by taking this person and this person and this person and we're going to get to the final two and we're playing a strictly social and strategic game and not actually caring about who the traders are like that's still a really, really good faithful game and I'm impressed. Right. And so and I have a lot of faith in them as strategist actually and uh you said one thing girlene said at the round table i'll bring up another where she talks about how um talking against trevon's point of where uh he says like you want someone who is more like stable and easy to bring in as a trader we've talked about many times and this uh podcast uh season and girlene brings it up how mm, if i'm recruiting i want someone who's worse than me being brought in i want someone who is seen as a wild card like maybe a Trevon, uh, she says, because I want them to get voted out before me. And so I'm not bringing in someone who is going to be better than me. And I thought that that was really good instinct and gives me uh, confidence in her potential strategic. game. I, I think so. And I, again, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Remember, Scally, remember like week five when we're like, where's Gurleen? Why are we yeah. not seeing any more of Gurleen? And now we're sitting here potentially talking about Gurleen winning, which is and and not like falling into a win either really feeling like she has some agency in the win which would be very fun to see so here's the thing so we see the next week preview we see the mention of all right one last banishment and then we go to the the fire of truth or the table of truth or the fire of fury whatever it's called and but did we see the fire in the preview because i don't Mm. think i saw it scally what if at the first banishment mike gets voted out and the game's over 
I mean, even if you vote out Mike, you still have to decide to end the game with the fire. Like, that's just how it's got to be. Then why wouldn't you show the dramatic fire? Not even the people standing there, just the fi- zoom in on the fire. I feel like that could have been great. I don't know. But <laughs> that's the thing, though. I think, and, and this is my big thing with Leroy and Gurleen, is that I wouldn't sit here and say that they're going to win the money with anybody else because I fully feel like at this point, the two of them have zeroed in on I think you're good. I think you're good. Let's just vote the rest of them out and get to the final two. Doesn't matter who the traitor is, as long as we get to the final two. I felt like that's what they were saying at the very end of this episode. It Wasn't that, like- yeah, something about Donna came up, I feel like, where it was like, yeah, we'll just get rid of Donna when we get rid of Donna. Yeah. And that was the thing is, I think that they basically, the subtext was like, we know Donna's innocent, but like, get rid of her anyway. It's time to be selfish. It's time to get more money for us. Hey, I, I, they're not wrong. Okay. That's the name of the game. You're going to make that money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And look, would love for Donna to be in that winning team as well. But I cannot uh, not stand greedy little, you know, game players. So I'm going to very much enjoy uh, anyone just ruthlessly voting out people, even if they know that they're faithful because they want more money. That's enjoyable. I love this final five. I really do. I feel like Leroy, someone also who I didn't really learn much about from the beginning, but now I'm seeing him be a little bit more cutthroat, a little bit more, you know, and I, and I don't know if this was the being in the alliances with Koozie, with Kevin, kind of rubbed off on him. I'm not sure we'll talk to him when we talk to him, but I've been loving that. I feel like Mike has actively grown on me as the season went along in the in the matchup of Mike v. Koozie. Again, my bias is showing I was rooting for Koozie. However, Mike has prevailed and he's been a fun narrator throughout the season. I've been loving everything we've been seeing from Gurleen. I'm loving this newfound confidence we're getting in Travon. This is the same Travon who at one point was not only willing to just tap out of the game, looked completely ejected, was hating that he was his gut was doing him wrong, comes clean about his job. Travon's here now, potentially the biggest Thor on the trader side of anybody, which is incredible to see. And this is the same Donna who looked to be the first boot here at the finals. Truly amazing stories all the way around. It's such a fun um final five i very much agree i mean look trevon was lamenting over the fact that he has never successfully voted out a traitor but little does he know he got his first correct vote tonight so uh even if it didn't go through he did successfully vote for a traitor at one of these round tables um i don't know i just think it's interesting even leroy's story of going from the kevin banishment of like i'm disgusted by like the scheming and lies and betrayal and it's like now he's sitting here with girly and like how are we gonna scheme and plot everyone else out of the yeah. game but it's like look at this we have really developed as a as a character and a game player so i am very intrigued and invested to see what these five can do given the yeah. last hour and, and you know big shout out to the ctv production i suppose or traders proud whoever's running the traders i feel like the the editing has been really balanced out for the most part obviously the traders getting the lion's share of the narration but i feel like i've kind of learned a lot about all these players now going to the end and there's no like big question mark of who is who's keith you know we don't have that here which i'm very happy about yeah, I think that some players did get lost along the way. And like, yes. there was probably some people who got like very large edits that like could have been maybe uh, split up amongst other people who All were also playing. Yeah. You know, I go back to like Mel A, who was supposedly a very active or Crystal, who were very, very active players in the game. But like, mm-hmm. we didn't really get too much of that until it was getting close to their banishments. So Agreed. I wish that we had got that build up. But overall, I'm very happy to have gotten to know all of these players pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
And we're getting to the end with five players, two from the reality TV side, three from the civilian side. We have one OG trader, four OG faithfuls, and one more episode to go. But before we get there, Scally, a couple of questions were ha- are here that I want to open up. First one being, how many people are winning money next episode? Scally, how many people? Name a number. Put a number up there. One, two, three, four, or the very unlikely five, because one Ooh. is getting banished. So between one to four. Yeah, I would go impossible five. Um, so I'm going to go with two. I do agree that that is uh, your prediction is my prediction. Sorry, that means we're both going to get it wrong whenever we've aligned. Um, <laughs> if we get it wrong, man. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so sorry to Leroy and Gurleen that we have cursed you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that is my official prediction as well. So I'm going to go with two there. I'm also going to lock in the two again. It just if if we come out of this and it is one next week, no matter who that one is, I'm we have a lot to talk about and I'm very excited about it. If we have two, I'm happy as well. That works out. Anything more than that, I would be shocked. Three, I'd be shocked. Four, I'd be floored. So the only way actually, if you can't be four, because if it's four, then the trader wins it. So yeah. It can only be if it's and if it's one player, it is literally only Mike. Like that's the only world, unless someone gets to the final two and gets medevaced. Um, but otherwise, uh, we are ending up with one or two. Uh, the only way I could see three is if Mike successfully gets people like Donna and Trevon to jump on the vote for either Leroy or Gurleyne, and then they turn out around and betray Mike at four. Uh, in which case, I could see like Donna, Trevon, and likely Gurleen winning at three but i'm still sticking with i think the most likely is the two people in leroy and Gurleen winning. yeah same um and then the uh nathan also has to follow up and said what is the final prize pot going to be if you had to guess my official guess is one hundred thousand dollars Ooh, I'm going with like 98,500. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you didn't win just a little bit, but here you go. All right, mine is 96,250. I've changed it. Oh, okay. So price is right rules. <laughs> well, I feel like you get close to 100. Oh, that sucks. Anyway, yeah, it's going to be very close to the top amount, regardless of how you look at it. I would say anything from like 93 up, you're, you're going to see. because. Typically, the final challenge is a ridiculous prize pot that can pretty much get it close to the 100K. So I think that's where we're going to go. I would be very shocked if it's not. But what is the final total they have going into the finale now? Do we know? Do we, we should know? 85 something. It's close oh, to yeah. 86. Yeah. yeah, they'll get it. They'll get at least 10K offered, if not, you know, anything else. Which is so funny because I feel like usually they're competing for like a very large portion of the prize pot but they've mm-hmm. been so successful over the course of the season and I also feel like even when they haven't been successful they've just made uh, future missions worth more than they might have otherwise been worth so because I mean only losing 14 something thousand dollars over the course of a season is pretty ridiculously successful yeah and and the last question we had was about what's Mike's ideal boot order in the end game. And I think you have very much highlighted this out perfectly where ideally he splits up one of Leroy and Gurleen and then that way he goes to four. They get out like, let's say, Travon. Then he's at the end with, let's say, Leroy, Donna and him. And one of them can work with him to vote out the other. Something like that would be his most ideal situation. Yeah, he needs Donna. Like, I, I truly think Donna is the only person who will go with him to the final two. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you split up Leroy and Gurleen, like I don't think maybe Leroy goes with Mike, but I still think that's unlikely. If 
Mike is to win. I low-key want it to be at the final two with Travon. Now, I know that's <laughs> near impossible, <laughs> but I feel like if Travon stands there facing Mike and Mike says, I'm sorry, I was a traitor. I think Travon evaporates in the spot and just like vanishes. And I need that moment. Yeah, especially if like, because he said like, oh my God, I came away from this final round table and I've never voted correctly for a traitor. And if for some reason he takes this as like, I need to back off of Mike, like I've been wrong all along. And then he finally trusts him for one week <laughs> being the final week. And that's his undoing. Travon will melt into the ground. <laughs> like there's just no other option. Could you imagine we get to the final three and it's Leroy Gurleen and Mike and we're both watching we're like, all right, yeah, we knew this was happening. It's the Leroy Gurleen win. GG's. Congratulations. And then Leroy turns to Gurleen and says, I think she's been playing me. I'm voting Gurleen. Yeah, I've seen BB Can 10. I don't need to watch it again. Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that'd be so funny. Okay, but that would be wild. That Listen, this is the first season of this show. Something wild happening at the finale is kind of the, the um, adrenaline a show needs to get like hype to get renewed, which I genuinely think at this point it's going to get renewed. It's going to be fine. But Imagine a, a wild finale. Because right wow. now, I think I can predict it. Something wild happening at the season one finale of a Canadian rally TV show. That would be just wild if that were to happen. <laughs> Leroy's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I voted for you, Mike, and is holding up Gurleen's name. <laughs> Who knows? You Who never knows? Know? We'll find out next week. Well, Scally, this was a delight as always. It's been a fun ride with you, man. We've had a good time here doing Traders. This is the first time we've ever done live recaps. First time you first time I think you and I have been conducting exit interviews for anything, to my knowledge. So I'm very grateful that you've been my uh, co-pilot on this journey here. Oh, no. Thank you for having me along. It's been so fun. And uh, can't wait for season two. No, we'll, we'll see if we renew your contract, man. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. It was fun. <laughs> you just got Mickey. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, let the people know where can they find you? What are the projects you have going on? Let them know. Ooh, um, I am on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally. I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bscally. I'm talking about this season of The Challenge over on the Free Agents podcast with Matt Ligori. That has been awesome. You know, mostly new players, a whole new cast. Very fun to watch. Uh, also, just wrapped up talking about about love island games on which you were able to guest on the finale ton of fun there and uh anything else i'm doing is on twitter there we go thank you so much yeah you had a great time talking love island games last week it was great uh y'all can find me of course on twitter at puyism you can find me on twitch which should be slash puya i am back with more 90 day this week i had kirsten on with me to talk about the og season of 90 day and not nearly the other way, I'm currently planning on recording. I still haven't locked in all of the details for that. So stay tuned for that. We'll see where that goes. And uh, ultimately, Mass Singer is back from hiatus with Thanksgiving. There was a break, but we're back this week. Myself and Leon will be breaking all that down. And otherwise, you can find me on Twitch. That's where I am pretty much when I'm not podcasting. I've had a good time there. So come check me out. Thank you so much. And also, shout out to all the people who have left reviews in the last while. We have had some massive massive updates galley i believe in the last two weeks we've gotten 10 five-star reviews so thank you so much to all of you who have contributed 
to those reviews. This is like I've said on every podcast, this is a brand new feed that started this summer. So every review counts. It really is helping people find us. We've been getting nothing but positive energy, which I do appreciate. So if you would like to contribute to that energy, feel free to go ahead and do so over on robinswebsitecom slash traders. That's T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S. Thank you so much for being with us on this journey from Traders Tower. My name is Puyazan Vakili. His name is Brian Gerald Scally. We'll see y'all for finale next week. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.